unscripted premium Freeform Friday is here, folks. For you folks that have been out working all week, this is a nice way to end your week. For us, it's a nice way to end our week of shows here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Welcome to our program, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke, on this 309th episode of Unscripted. And I think you guys have kind of been privy to our little format change. Chris goes on to our Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash unscriptedmc. He finds things that interest him, comments, questions, proclamations, whatever. He finds them, he reads them, we discuss them, and we move on to the next one. It's a lot of fun, and again, found it as a great way to end the week. Uh, it doesn't have to just be from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. It can be whatever is kind of tickles Chris's fancy. He can find it. We'll talk about it here on our Freeform Friday edition of the program. And having said all that, I'll hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke. Thanks, Mike. I do want to start with this quick Onion Sports Network headline at Onion Sports. We don't need to comment on it, really, because we've talked lots about this guy this week. But I just thought it was a good headline from the Onion, as always. Bryce Harper asks if Philly is willing to move to another city. And uh, I can't blame him, I guess, there for anyone who wants to live in Philadelphia. Anyway. <laughs> He's taken every meeting. He's taken a meeting with the Dodgers. He's taken a meeting with the Giants. He's taken a meeting with the Padres all in Las Vegas. Move the Philadelphia Phillies to Vegas. There we go. And then don't change the name. And then Vegas, <laughs> Vegas Phillies. <laughs> Just pissed you off. Oh, man, that pissed yeah. people off. That pissed me off, actually. Okay, the onion at the onion. Regular onion now, but still sports. Adam Silver sends league-wide memo just asking players where the fuck they want to play. Well, you know, I, I'm having so much problems with this, and I get free enterprise, and I get the ability that you earn your right to get into free agency. and But, you know, there are so many people in the world these days like me that aren't working, and you'd love to have the opportunity to work anywhere, even if it's in Cleveland, for Christ's sake. I mean, and I'm taking a shot at Cleveland. It's an unfair shot. But, you know, these guys, I know, and I always hear this argument, we have limited earning or potential, and we have short careers. Well, folks, you could be a mail carrier, and I don't mean any disrespect to mail carriers because I think it's a tough job, especially in northern climates, to get out there and deliver the mail every day when it's minus 30 and the dogs are chasing and all this other stuff. But they're not making $34 million a year. They're happy to have a job and get some benefits. I just think that there needs to be a realization, and I get it. These guys are entertainers, and we don't bitch about how much Jack Nicholson makes per picture when he was at the the height of his career or how much Sylvester Stallone made or how much the rock is making now per picture. It seems every goddamn media outlet, the rock is in these days. And you know what? Good on him. But I am so tired of these prima donna athletes saying that they won't play here and they will play here and they want to get on a, on a dream team and they want, God damn it. Be lucky. You have a job paying you that they do. And you know what guys? I know that the training is 12 months, but realistically, you know, I always talk about this with baseball. It's 162 games in 180 days, six months. 
I was in Saudi Arabia, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I was in Saudi Arabia avoiding bombs, making 600-some bucks a month. And you fuckers are worried about, I ain't going to play here, or I ain't going to play here. You're not talking about taking a pay cut. You're just pissed off about the city you're getting traded to. Some of you guys have some growing up to do, and you need some real-life reality pretty fucking soon. Yeah, a lot of growing up. Anyway, Deadspin at Deadspin. Clemson now has three assistant coaches making over $1 million a year. And you know what? Why not? Um, their their program is making so much money for that university. And to, you know, to keep the stability. You know, you watch. Even already at Ohio State. Ohio State, under the last seven years under Urban Meyer, were never out of the top three in recruiting. This year, with Urban Meyer on the sidelines and getting ready to teach his ethics class at Ohio State... <laughs> Ohio State this year in the rankings for the uh, recruiting, they were 17th under Ryan Day this year. So if you can keep the stability like they're doing with Dabo Sweeney, and I know his defensive coordinator is a guy by the name of Venables, Brett Venables, but he's got his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, he's got everybody staying. And for a million dollars a year, they deserve it. Yeah, better than giving seven to khaki boy. Okay. Uh, speaking of guys we've talked about this week, uh, I'm going to bring up this is a great tweet here, and I want to bring up a guy I really like that I already talked about how much I like this guy this week, but someone named Sean Gordon at Mr. Sean Gordon, and this is this uh, if you can't tell, this is going to be a quote that a coach had in a press conference after a losing effort by wow. his team. Okay, okay, and the tweet reads like this: Paul Maurice, national treasure. Quote. The coaches were no good. The players were no good. The food was no good. Hopefully the plane works. (laughs) Wow, that is a great quote. (laughs) See, that's why I like this guy so much. Mm -hmm. There's no bullshit. It's just pure Paul Maurice. The good, the bad, the ugly. It comes from the heart. It comes honestly. And that's why I respect him. The Buckeye Nut at the Buckeye Nut report: Yankees have offered Manny Machado substantial deal. Supposedly, it was two hundred and twenty million dollars. I believe over seven years. What's this? What's so good about this guy who doesn't hustle? By the way. Well, he's he's twenty six years old, so he's got probably ten years left. Um, he's twenty six years old. He bats around three hundred. Last year, he hit thirty dingers and drove in about one hundred and five, hundred and seven runs. He plays when he was in Baltimore. When he was at third base, he won a couple of Gold Gloves. He was a better than expected uh, shortstop in the field last year. He's worth a he's worth a significant contract, my friend. But three hundred million or, or or whether it's ten years or seven years, but they're they're both looking Harper and Machado are both looking for a number over thirty million dollars a year. Whether it's seven or ten years, whatever, they're looking for an average salary over over thirty million dollars a year, and that's that's a little steep for me. I I obviously and yeah. and um you know and and again I mentioned this back in episode three hundred eight about uh, Harper at two thirty five or two thirty six and wanting three hundred million. I I've got problems with that. Yeah. 
Okay, I don't know if you saw anything with the UFC 234 over the weekend, but is that the one where Anderson Silva was in? Yeah, and yeah. and got his ass kicked. Yeah, which I know I that. Love but I know seeing. that. But at least, see, I'm listening to you because I knew that name and I yeah. knew that that would bring a reaction. Yeah, the, my my least favorite athlete until he lost John a couple Jones. times and John Jones came along <laughs> and was a bigger douchebag. <laughs> oh, there's one for our uh, ten. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I bet spoiler, John Jones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert: John Jones will be on my fucking list. <laughs> I'm considering just like Mike can have most of the episode, and then all of a sudden, number ten, John Jones, number nine, John Jones, number eight, John Jones. I'm just gonna and just just tee off on that piece of shit. I was just gonna say, you know, Chris's is gonna be nine, John Jones, and the mystery guy at number four. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll, I can probably work Anderson in there. Because <laughs> these people, I can't stand them. But I knew a little bit about it this weekend. I knew that Silva had lost his, okay. got his ass kicked. But and... no, what I'm bringing up though wasn't even that because that was supposed to be the co-main event like second from the top a, a gentleman named uh, israel adesanya who i'm a fan of now because he beat anderson silva so i'm happy uh that was, and and it was only a three-round fight because that's all they trained for and that was supposed to be the co-main event the main event i felt so bad so they go all the way to australia for this event and robert Whit and this this is not robert whitaker's fault as we found out here and i'll show you why but so robert whitaker defending his title against uh kelvin gastelum and i mean they fly all the way to uh, Australia, they have the Australian hero at home defending his title. And then we've seen, you know, late pullouts or whatever here, but like the the day of the event, all of a sudden he can't go. And like every what? Okay, but I'll tell you why, and you'll see why. Oh my. He literally had to go into like emergency surgery instantly. Uh but I mean the timing, I mean yeah. it's it it was really unfortunate. He was just devastated that he couldn't perform it. He finally gets an event in Australia at home, and then he can't. Ends in the hospital. So here's why he was not able to defend as of the day of the show out of nowhere. Uh, so he had to go into dual surgery for a twisted and collapsed bowel, in addition, totally separate from an internal hernia of the intestine. All oh at the same time. God. Basically, his, his bowel collapsed and twisted and had a hernia all at the same time. Oh, my God. And he had to go have dual surgery right now. So yeah, and, and obviously you're dealing with those kind of organs. If you don't get to surgery quick, you're going to have a lot bigger problems. Yeah. But anyway, thanks to, to uh, Shaheen El Shadi, the MMA reporter at Sean El Shadi for that one. Uh, but moving on. Now, let me ask you oh, a question so, yeah, real quick. Sure. Does the guy that he was supposed oh, to fight, does question. he get a, does he get a check? Oh yeah, he got his yeah he got he got paid his money. Okay, he got paid his money. You'd hate to go all the way around oh, yeah. the world and then because yeah. well you didn't fight so yeah, fuck and, off. And fighters already don't get money off right. enough. But uh, no, he got paid so that was fine. Uh, but well, I thought you were going to ask, did he get the title? Because there's no well, forfeit or anything. Well, that was my second question. Um, so no, he doesn't. What they just they don't they never punish the champion for being injured unless it just goes on and on for years and years. Then that they look at they generally do interim titles, which they really need to stop with the stupid interim titles. But that's another conversation altogether but Kelvin Gastelum what he did do he borrowed one of the other champions belts and then pretended like it he pretended it like him. it was it was the one from Whitaker <laughs> that he had gotten a hold of and he was walking around all night I'm the champ now and you know anyway and so uh, Dana White called that quote cute ah. so, so anyway moving on Michael Hurley at Michael F Hurley on Twitter do you ever wonder why the Boston Celtics lose so much I for sure do why does he think they lose so much? I don't... Hey, you know what? They no, he's play. wondering. That's what he's saying. He's like, on paper, they're a great team. Why the fuck do they lose all the time? Uh, well, you know what? I think there's some uncertainty there in regard to, you know... And 
last week during that whole fiasco with the trade deadline in the NBA. You know, I'm not a big fan. You know, I love the Lakers, but I'm not a big fan of their their core talent. You know, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. There's a reason that New England or New Orleans didn't make this trade. These guys aren't any good. And there's a reason that they're asking for four number ones because these these kids haven't done much. Kuzma has been the best of the three, and Kuzma was the lowest draft pick of the three. Same thing in Boston, though. All you heard last week was Danny Ainge wanting the New Orleans Pelicans to wait until the offseason so he can put a trade package together, hopefully including Jason Tatum, who I think is one of the best young guards in the NBA. Played one year at Duke. Um, You know what? I know Magic came out this week and in regard to the Lakers and said, you know, these guys are professionals. These trade deadlines, it's a business and all this other stuff. But I think the constant uh, belief that is Kyrie Irving staying now this year or is he going on somewhere else and are all these guys getting traded and all this other stuff, Boston's an unbelievably talented team and they proved that the other night when they went into Philadelphia with their new version of the Fabulous Five, and beat the Sixers in Philadelphia. Boston can play with anybody, folks. I just think they need, I think that they need some kind of positive something to come into their team locker room because, you know, uh, they had some injuries early in the year. Uh, Now Kyrie Irving is hurt again. Beginning of the year, Kyrie Irving says, Boston, I love you. I'm staying here forever. Now he says, I wouldn't mind hooking up with LeBron in Los Angeles. And everyone wouldn't mind hooking up with LeBron in Los Angeles. Well, but you know, I it, this goes back to these these prima donna pricks. And you know what? Boston's got a solid, solid basketball team. They've got a great coach in Brad Stevens. Boston fans, don't worry, you're going to be there in the end. Fair enough. I believe in my heart of hearts that you're going to see Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, so there's a really cool thing here with the Alliance of American Football, and maybe the XFL will help this too. In if there's great action, like we saw the one big hit by Sean Washington for the San Diego Fleet there last week, or, or uh, sorry, uh, for the uh, San Antonio Commanders against the Fleet, I'm hoping that if nothing else, these leagues lead to the NFL feeling compelled to make changes, like bring back tackling, for example. <laughs> you know, just as a random example, you know. Anyway, Good one. Yeah, thanks. But anyway, here's a, here's one that might fly under the radar, and I'm so glad this guy tweeted this, because this is great to see. So Rob Louder at Rob underscore Louder, the AAF replay official changes her mind during the process of the review. This level of transparency is outstanding. A must-add for the NFL. So this lady named Terry Valenti, she has a camera on her. It says replay official. So she's doing it. So the refs go uh, default to her for a challenge. She's sitting there. She's watching it. She makes her call, sends it down to them. They're, the refs are running back onto the field to make the call. She then keeps watching it to make sure she's getting it right. And then she changes her mind and then goes down to them and says, hold on, hold on, don't announce it yet. That was wrong. I've got definitive proof now. I know what the correct call is. Don't don't change it. Like, here's the correct call. And I just don't think the NFL would do that. They just they just kind of muddle through and they don't want transparency or anything like that. I don't think that it certainly doesn't feel like they do. So isn't it nice to see transparency in sports for once? And don't women have the prerogative to change your mind? Yes, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> We've both been married long enough to know that. Yes. For damn sure. Well, you know, I, I thought uh, I didn't watch any of the American Allegiance or Alliance or whatever it is. The most confusing name. We've got to clear that up. I like your idea of AAF or AFA or whatever it was. Um, but supposedly I was busy with dance assignments with my daughter all weekend. But um, 
the numbers were good for the first week. And well, well but you never know. I, week two will be the key because correct. If I Correct. will always remember the but, XFL in 2001, right. the first but, quarter was like a 12.1. No, and, and then it went down, 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 down. No, and you're absolutely right. Well, and week two will be a big thing. But, you know, I don't, you know, you and I don't have access to what's going on in the States, but we do get enough States channels up here, especially with CBS. You'd thought there would be at least a little bit of advertising, a little bit of marketing. Yeah. I didn't know dick. That I didn't know I didn't know anything. They could have been way better too. Yeah, I absolutely. think that that, you know, again, and I made mention of this last week, Charlie Ebersol with his upbringing should know about marketing and marketing your product and I was very surprised that uh, there wasn't there wasn't more mention of the opening of a new football league, especially on the network that had previously aired the last NFL game of the year, meaning CBS doing Super Bowl 53. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Arlene Dickinson at Arlene Dickinson, who's based in here in Calgary, but I has know some, her. And I've uh, Dragon's Den, the redhead with yeah, a okay. little bit I, of gray in the front. I, I knew that name. Yeah, I, I met her at her office in Toronto one time. I was there for a thing, and uh, yeah, no, shook her hand. Yeah, she's a very, very successful lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says on Twitter, I will not tolerate any slander against pineapple pizza this hashtag National Pizza Day. If you can't appreciate it, you're lost. You may not have heard of this. Some people are all like, oh, no fruit on pizza. Who puts fruit on pizza? I fucking love pineapple on pizza. I love pineapple by itself. I love pineapple juice by itself. I love pineapple on pizza. The more toppings on pizza, the better, period. What do you think about pineapple on pizza? I love ham and pineapple. Yeah, sure. Any pineapple in any. I love pizza. ham and pineapple. Who doesn't pizza? like? What kind of idiot doesn't like pineapple I, on pizza? <laughs> no, I. You put anchovies. Uh, you put a whole bunch of other shit on pizzas. What's the problem uh, with ham and more, pineapple? More toppings, the better. Absolutely. Love but what's what's wrong with? I I know a lot of people. Fruit that, on pizza. I know. It's just, go screw yeah, yourself. Weirdos, whatever. Yeah, anyway. Go screw yourself. Okay, uh, the most famous uh, Twitter account there is Donald J. Trump at Real Donald Trump. The U.S. will soon control 100% of ISIS territory in Syria. And he, you know, asked CNN, do you believe this? Anyway, and so I looked it up. Uh, last I checked, as of a couple days ago, you know how, how a few a couple years ago, ISIS was this big thing and they controlled all these like two huge swaths like in like Iraq and Syria and they're like trying to make their own country and all this stuff and it was this big thing and they were talking about how they dreamed of driving tanks down like other countries streets and stuff last I checked their ISIS territory was down to one square mile really now this to me is an indictment of inside the the borders of Syria uh yeah it's in Syria in somewhere in eastern Syria uh no it's well it's it's I think it's some little town in Syria they have like one square mile of it and that's it and they that's and that's it. what they control that's what they control they have one square mile and then the whoever the opposing commander for the you know allied forces yeah, or whatever yeah. is like yeah like they've got like whatever he said a few days left like we're gonna they're not gonna defend their one square mile and like thousands and thousands of their fighters that were left have fled and they're gone it's they're, yeah, down they're to all in mile. the states now yeah yeah <laughs> they're all down to one square mile but isn't it interesting to me how when isis was doing well it was all over the news then they get their ass kicked and you don't hear about it at all isn't that that's kind of disturbing to me well it's that's a parallel to sports in a regard that when your team is good you become you know everyday conversation piece but you have a couple of bad years in a row and you get forgotten like you know last you know last week's lunch so um we are a fickle group and and uh when you're high on the you know when you're doing well everybody notices you but they sure forget you fast too yeah i'd like to see uh, i want to see a big like declare vic because if you think about how insane that was and it was almost a bit scary 
uh, back, you know, 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. uh, I want to see a big victory, like, declare victory over ISIS when you, when you finish them off and like have a big thing. I'm all for that all the way. Anyway, you want a ticker tape parade Absolutely. Down? Sounds Fuck good em. to me. Fuck em. If we have a ticker, ticker tape parade for sports teams, why can't we do it for something like this? Oh, yeah. For, for destroying ISIS? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you told yourself five years ago that ISIS right. is going to get annihilated? Right. Yeah. People would want to throw a parade then. I'd be at Times Square at that, at that parade. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. Uh, Mike Randall at Randall Rant. An NBA team that picks Zion Williamson over RJ Barrett is doing it wrong. Barrett is a six foot seven guard that can do it all. Zion is an undersized forward who won't be able to bromable his way to points in the NBA. You know what? I agree with this guy one thousand percent, and I'll say and I'll say real quickly why. I remember saying probably a month ago in episodes of Unscripted that my biggest concern about Zion Williamson was going to be he's nineteen years old right now. He's still got baby fat on him. And if he doesn't keep up a very stringent workout program, that baby fat is going to become just plain adult fat. And he's going to be, it it will be difficult for him to get up and down an NBA floor. So I agree with this guy a thousand percent. Zion Williamson is exciting. He's a great talent. There's no question about it. He's got electrifying dunks. But I'll tell you, folks, this RJ Barrett kid, his dad was Ronan Barrett, who was one guy that, actually made a contribution to the Canadian national basketball team, him and Steve Nash. Uh, this R.J. Barrett kid can play, and if you don't take him, you're making a mistake. Deadspin at Deadspin. Kevin McHale doesn't realize he's on air. Call someone a dickhead. Well, first of all, <clears throat> isn't that the uh, calling the kettle black or whatever they say? Because <laughs> Kevin McHale's a dickhead. Oh, he's a douchebag. He might make my, <laughs> he might make my list. Um, I'm not a beer. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a fan of Kevin McHale. Uh, Kevin McHale. I, I believe, yes, was a great NBA player, but he also had the. He was afforded the luxury of playing with guys like Larry Bird and Robert Parrish and Dennis Johnson and Danny Ainge and a lot of other great players in Boston. Um, McHale was also hurt a lot. Um, I don't think he was the savior that everybody thought he was at the University of Minnesota. I am basically not a Kevin McHale fan, so whatever happens to him, it doesn't really bother me. But, uh, um, yeah, I I think McHale might be, uh, along with that guy, might be on my <laughs> douchebag list. Yeah, GBP Daily at GBP Daily. Do you think Clay Matthews will be on the Packers next season? I do not. I hope not. He needs He needs a new... You know what? There's going to be one team, Chris, and you know this as well as I do. There's going to be one team. And any time that you've got Daniel Schneider, Jerry Jones, uh, Truck Stop Jimmy, um, a couple other creative owners in the league, somebody will overpay Clay Matthews for past performance. And the only way I'm hearing that Clay Matthews stays in Green Bay is on a restructured contract, obviously less money. They paid him almost $12 million last year. And he he had he brought three and a half sacks to the table. That ain't enough. Um, somebody will overpay him. It won't be in Green Bay. The only way he's back in Green Bay is what I've heard from a lot of different sources is on a restructured contract, and he spends most of his time at inside linebacker. Okay, ESPN at ESPN. Leave it to Russ to always keep it real. So this is Russell Westbrook on facing criticism. Quote, I've been blessed with the talent to not give a fuck. Yeah, I... You know what? I think we need to expand our douchebag list to about <laughs> top 30, 50 top because that guy's going to be on it too. I <laughs> <Top> mean, <100. laughs> Westbrook is such a legend in his own mind. And you know what? Again, and I don't mean to sound repetitive, but it 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 it, it fits in regard to I have a problem 
in regard to calling players all-time greats that don't have rings. Rings are the ultimate show of greatness. Jordan's got six. Gretzky's got five or six. I don't know. Gretzky's got five? Gretzky's got uh, yeah. Well, Gretzky's got the four, four with, with the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> he never won again. He won the four no, in Edmonton. No, he went to the finals. Uh, right, he went to the LA. finals with LA, but no, they didn't win. That's right. He yeah. never did anything in Just New the York. Four, the four yeah. with the Oilers, yeah. He's got four. Jordan's got six. Tom Brady's got six. Those, that's the epitome of greatness. Um, you can really, if you're a Russell Westbrook, and I'm not taking away from his talent, I'm taking away from the his common sense between his ears. You can really build up impressive regular season stats when you're playing teams like the New Orleans Pelicans and the Dallas Mavericks and the Cleveland Cavaliers minus LeBron James. There's a lot of teams that you can really boost your stats against in the in the regular season of the NBA. But all I've got to say about Russell Rusbrook is two things. Last year, first round exit with a with a big three of himself, Paul George, and Carmelo the Idiot. Another candidate for the douchebag <laughs> list. Oh, and the big number is zero in regard to Russell Rusbrook, and that is zero rings. We're gonna have to expand this to like this one year long project. Yeah, it's comprehensive. Yeah. yeah. This week's top this week's editions of douchebags. Yeah, yeah. One year every week we have a new one on our top three sixty five. <laughs> We're gonna have five hundred and twenty douchebags yeah. by the end of the Jesus year. Christ, okay. Ten a week. Oh. Onion at the onion. The uh, uh, personal trainer impressed by man's improved excuses. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. How are you That's with so uh, how are you with uh, do you make New Year's resolutions? Do never. Keep, never and I don't because I don't keep them. I, I don't think I do make goals, but I make goals that are attainable. I don't sit here and worry about my appearance anymore. I don't need to lose twenty five pounds anymore. I lost enough during the heart attack. Um I'm at a comfortable 170 pounds right now. Um I try to make goals that I can attain. I don't think, um, and a lot of those New Year's resolutions, surprise, surprise, are made when people are drunk. Are you sure? Absolutely. <laughs> I promise I won't sleep with another woman this year. I'm Eldrick Tiger Woods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, well, we'll end with this. This is actually an interesting story, and you probably saw this, but anyway, uh, this is just a reference to it here. Click hole at click hole, caving to blackmail. Jeff Bezos has shut down the Washington Post after the National Enquirer threatened to publish photos revealing he's bald. And, uh, but anyway, no. Of course, did you see the did you see the whole actual story that happened with Jeff Bezos? No, I uh, the didn't. world's richest man, Amazon founder. So yeah. apparently, there were pictures of his penis floating around. Oh, really? He does and, dick pics. Yeah, he does dick pics. And so I don't know where he sent them or whatever. But Brett Favre's house. Well, but somehow the National Enquirer got a hold of them. Of and course you, they did. You can't make this up. the The guy in charge of the National Enquirer, his real name is David Pecker. <laughs> Yeah, and so then, so then, what happened was uh, they're basically, and so they send all these emails, like you know, trying to basically extort Jeff Bezos. I don't know if you want to do that to the world's richest man, yeah, because 
if there's one person who has fuck you money, it's yeah. the world's richest man, <laughs> and he's going to use it. So what he did instead of like worrying about this, he just published all the emails and everything. Jeff Bezos just said, here's here's all the communication. Here's what they were trying to do with me. Maybe they'll publish them. I don't care. Here you go. Look at these assholes, what they're trying to do. If they're doing it to me, they're probably doing it to other people. But there was someone, I think it was the Huffington Post, went with the obvious uh, headline there, which, of course, was after Bezos you know, totally blew the whistle on these guys. Just put the headline up there. Bezos exposes Pecker. And, uh, you know, <laughs> tough to beat that headline, but it was the right one to go with. And, and uh, that's why he's a billionaire. Yeah. He's smarter than a lot of people. Yeah, well, yeah. The National Enquirer, uh, and that's what one play, place said too, was I think the people there are just not quite as smart as they thought they were. Uh, but, you know, I think what it was too, it's you could tell it was just a systemic sort of a pattern. Like this is just what they do. They get compromising pictures of someone and they just oh we'll send out this and they'll give us some money or they'll shut up or they'll do what we want i think they i don't even know if they wanted money or just money but they what they also wanted was uh they wanted him to do something they also wanted him to do something or like have the washington post not publish certain stories yeah. or something yeah. and it's yeah. like fuck you like i'm the world's just man go fuck yourself well you know when i was growing up <clears throat> If you uh, made the cover of the National Enquirer, your career was probably considered over because it was considered a trash magazine, and it still is. It still is. Always oh, I, has I, been. I get that. It still is, but it's you got to give them credit because the National Enquirer, for my lifetime, has always and always and always has been, always will be considered a trash periodical magazine, whatever you want to call it. But they stick around, and they're still here. And they're still producing shit, but they're still here, and people are still collecting paychecks. So, I mean, we don't have to love them. We can probably loathe them, but we've got to respect them for hanging in there, I guess, for some weird shape. I don't know. We've got to run on this 200, 300. I better give ourselves proper credit here. <laughs> on our 309th episode of Unscripted, our Free Forum Friday for our Green and Gold Club members, the Green and Gold Club package on our Patreon page. We thank those folks for their continued patronage to us. Hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll see you same time, same place next week on Freeform Friday. For the having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time. <laughs>